Hello and welcome to Cartoonist Kayfabe. My name is Jim Rugg. I'm Ed Piscor. Going to look at another Frank Miller comic that I didn't know existed two months ago, Ed. Uh, before we dive into this Marvel 2-in-1 number 51, a couple of bits of business. First up, Cartoonist Kayfabe comic book Christmas in July. Our plan? Let's stock the local lending libraries with our comps, our doubles, Whatever comics we think are uh, will create new comics fans, the last Saturday in July we're going to go to our neighborhood lending libraries and we're going to put some comics out there for readers. Let's try to make some new comic book readers. I'm going to uh, recommend, if you, if you do take part in comic book Christmas in July, include a note where these readers, uh, if they like what they find in the comics, you leave them where they can find more comic books. You know, this could be your library, it could be local comic book stores. Uh, half-price bookstores, wherever you can find comics, make a note, make it easy for these uh, potential new comic book readers to track down more of these comic books if they like that first sample. And uh, don't be afraid to include a little cartoonist kayfabe, maybe if they want to hear some hot comics talk. And we will keep you informed on that. Uh, probably some more videos to come. Also, like, follow, and subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Hit that bell icon next to the subscribe button. That will notify you when we post new videos. It'll give you a leg up on the kayfabe effect. Whenever we post a uh, video about a comic like Marvel 2 and 151, you may want to add this to your collection. That means running off to your local comic shop or eBay and trying to track down a copy. The people that are first in line are going to get the best deals in those books. Sometimes prices go up. Sometimes copies just disappear because someone gets there before you. Hit that bell icon to be notified whenever we post the videos and you'll be the first one in line. Also, let these videos play through to the end. That allows YouTube's algorithm to share them with other comics fans who haven't found Cartoonist Kayfabe yet. It's how we grow this channel and we thank you for your help in that. Jimmy, could this be uh, Frank Miller's first superhero comic? I wonder about that, Ed, because we're going to find some interesting evidence in here about when this comic comes out. I think it would be a good title for the video to get the people to click in. But it's got to be close to the start. I'm sure the Spider-Man stuff is earlier, so we'll just put that out there because the comments are coming in already. <laughs> I, I just stopped somebody mid-type who is going to school us. But Fair listen, enough. we got to sell some videos. Uh, how about the fucking B-List squad, huh, Jimmy? Yes. Uh, this this is, uh, I think they refer to them as Avengers, and it, maybe it speaks to why the Avengers title was not selling. Uh, had some dips in its popularity over the years. Yeah, like in, in our whole lives growing up until recent times. But I think it actually fits well as supporting cast around the thing. Like, this is a fun group to uh, to put into a poker game. And that's what we're going to see inside here. Uh, note the cover. Not Frank Miller. This is a George Perez, Joe Sinek cover uh, piece. But once you get inside, 1979 is our date. And uh, Frank Miller, you see on pencils. Bob McCloud inking it. And uh, Peter Gillis, the writer, for you people keeping track at home, I believe that is the writer of Shatter, the, the world's first computer comic that comes out in the mid-80s. So kind of neat to see his name on, on the credits. Yeah, yeah, there's some, there's some cool drawing stuff in here that uh, you just don't see Frank Miller do often. It feels like maybe a little influence from the uh, Continuity Studios visits. Yeah, very tight line work too and obviously some of that is bob mcleod but it is also frank miller putting some detail in his work more detail than than uh he would come to be known for going comic book uh, backgrounds with 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 that skyscraper back there dude yeah absolutely. i remember drawing those when i was a little dude so we have the thing basically going to the uh, avengers mansion and having to get through some security and what for man is there some urgency nick nick fury's pulling him down we gotta go we gotta go you're running late 
to the poker game. Yeah, there's some like we'll see a couple versions of this weird shadow stuff happening. Mike Hinge came to mind looking at some of that stuff where it's like you're not gonna blacken these shadows, just like leave it wide open. There'll be like a there'll be another one that that'll be a clear example. Yeah, fun to see uh, some of the stuff that is Miller tropes like the shadows and stuff applied yeah. to this kind of a setting, right? Where you have your overhead light, like very considered lighting source. Don't you think it was real dumb that DC Comics didn't make a Wonder Man uh, character way back in the day to just prevent this like D-list level guy be Wonder Man? Or did DC drop the ball and when this dude is created, like DC dropped the ball on not creating a, a Spider-Woman character? You know what I'm saying? Because Wonder Man sucks. And, and I've it, never even thought of Wonder Man in terms of Wonder Woman. That's hilarious. I, I mean, that's that's all it can be. Yeah, of course. I'll never think of it differently after this. There's a long history of the ter term Wonder Man, too, with Will Eisner and, and shit. But uh, he's such a jobber, you know? And they just did it because DC didn't do it. Yeah, that's that's funny. 1979, I'm trying to think of like when She-Hulk is created and if it's yeah. like Marvel looking around being like, we got to do a She-Hulk because otherwise the, the movie studios can, can claim that character and then looking around and saying, what else do we have? Right. So like a Batman. Uh, they already did they're Batwoman. They're all checked off. Yeah. Uh, how about Wonder Woman? <laughs> that's hilarious if that's really the origin. I don't know that to be the case, but uh, concurrently we're cross-cutting between S.H.I.E.L.D. is being uh, invaded by some people while Nick Fury is off playing his poker game with the Avengers and, and the thing. This is some of that shadow effect yeah. that you mentioned on that previous panel. And what a wild page. Again, like for early Frank Miller, I feel like really going for it. Like that's a cool look. Very, very illustrative. It is. And I love how your center light that we established in the previous page is kind of like your table shape, almost like a spotlight. It's really interesting. I do that. I do think it would have been much stronger if it was all black. It would have been very, very striking. Because this feels unfinished. Like, I know what he's going for, and it's a technique that looks great in slick magazines, but on newsprint, it, it's we're, we're not accustomed to it. Yeah, still though, great layout for a page. And, you know, trying to do like your panels to look like the uh, cards. Yeah. Miss Marvel playing everybody under the table too, by it, the way. It's it's so funny because you remember like after Rounders and, and those kind of movies, like Texas Hold'em was a big deal and there would be celebrity Texas Hold'em things. Uh, Jennifer Tilly showed up on these tournaments and she just kind of played willy-nilly and it fucked everybody yeah, else up. that makes sense. Because she, she would win a lot, but she was doing unorthodox stuff. And that's what I was thinking about, like, after reading this. Because it's all like, oh, man, I got beat by a woman. First off, you have a woman at the poker game. Like, what the fuck is that? Yeah, things pretty chauvinistic in this. <laughs> you know what? I think in the early days of computer chess, that's how they would, um, like, mess up the computer. Would be playing, like, unorthodox moves and stuff that just d didn't make sense. And it would, be, uh, it would be hard for them, I guess, the computers to calculate. I love the action of the truck rolling in here on two tires. Like, it's really, uh, they're, they're coming to cause havoc. This feels like a G.I. Joe comic to me. Yeah, like, who are these these uh, Erzatz soldier guys? Like, clearly from the military. I actually started to think about that. Like, would that be possible for, like, a, a wing of the U.S. military to go into business for themselves? Because that, that's what this is. Yeah, they don't, they don't, I don't know if they give us a satisfactory answer as to who they are, because they are dressed like U.S. military. They say... And they acknowledge that. They say stuff like uh, enlisted men. Yeah, it's, it's a, it's uh 
kind of a bizarre subplot. And again, I don't know that we address it fully, but this was a striking page to me as well. I thought this panel in particular, really great. And it's something I look for, you know, like in an early artist's work, what stands out? Yeah. Are we seeing things that would continue on into their more mature work? And I think this as a panel is really impressive. And and what I like about this is it's very Kirby Ditko where it's like boom boom. You introduce like a weird concept to just like show how it works. And and I love it. You know, it's it, it would be that kind of exact whimsy from those Silver Age masters. Yeah, at times I was getting a little bit of Steranko vibe. Totally. It, certainly, you, when you see Nick Fury in, in a lot of se segments, like you can't help but think that Frank Miller's like pulling from the best of these various comics, and, and Steranko's a part of that for sure. We might even even pass a couple of like the major Steranko parts that that I was thinking. I thought this was a great composition and the whole page and, and kind of Steranko-esque, but a great helicarrier. Right. Yeah. And it's a, it's a, it's a view you don't see because we, because everybody just traces the same Jack Kirby one, but this is like some of that Steranko-ness. Yeah, definitely. Even having like the blown up face on the monitor, exactly. I think feels very Steranko-esque. His sense of this, lighting. This color yeah. piece is pretty good. Yeah. His sense of lighting uh, fits the Steranko motif. Yeah, this is a striking image to me. That whole thing works. Even the gradation, like the screen tone gradation in the background, I feel like it, it feels grand, the yeah. helicarrier. Yeah. And uh, things have escalated. You know, like Fury throughout this comic is getting calls that something's going on, but it's, it's code orange. It's okay. They can handle that. So as the uh, situation escalates, now Fury does realize, all right, message received and I'm bringing some friends so they jump into their uh, the fantastic car and off they go to try to save the day and you can see the heli helicarrier under attack here good for a spread you know to start from from a point of helicarrier in good shape to under attack and needing reinforcements boom the best way to support cartoonist kayfabe is to buy the comics that Ed Piscor and I make Red Room Trigger Warnings 1 through 4 is in stores now while supplies last. Every Red Room comic is self-contained story, so whatever issue your comic shop has is a great place to start. There's also Red Room, the Antisocial Network, collecting the first season of Red Room, available now wherever comics are bought and sold, except for 28 countries where it is banned and about 10 comic shops where it's banned, but you can still request it, they can still get it for you, and you can pick up Hulk Grand Design by me, two double-sized issues retelling the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk in one coherent story, featuring my art, writing, color, letters, uh, the Grand Design treatment, so to speak. So pick these comics up wherever you buy comics and support Cartoonist Kayfabe. And now back to our regular scheduled programming. And there's your Stranko spread, right? Totally. At the centerfold. Yeah, smart placement and uh, kind of the key, you know, like doing these across the page. It's almost like when you do a vertical panel, you need it to be on the left side so you read it first and then know where to go. And I kind of feel like that with these two-page spreads because I've had two-page spreads where it'll be like a series of panels and then I'm like, wait, is this... A Am I reading down here next? It's very good to not have any words here. You just read this stuff, and then you read across, and it's all gravy. Yeah, and these figures, like that in particular, feels like a Steranko kind of image. Yeah. And you get to see all of your unlikely team-up heroes going off to uh, hop into the battle. Get a piece of these terrorists. And this is where I think they, they acknowledge that these are like American paratroopers. Like, what's right. going on? 
Man, how many ads are in here? Yeah, is this the 17 page era of uh, Marvel Comics? Yeah, they're not putting page numbers in their stories, so <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it definitely could be. It wraps up pretty quick. Fast read. Even having like your lettering on the background feels a little Stranko-esque, working that into your pages. And this is, you know, our bad guy. This is kind of the recap of who he is and what he's coming from. There's quite a few of these Avengers uh, or, uh, editorial notes on past issues. Miss Marvel and Thing going back and forth on their poker game. You fight, you fight almost as good as you play poker. Thanks, so do you. <laughs> Your Wonder Man, giving him some shine. It's a real, a real dumb character, and he always like had that until like the '90s with that suit that just didn't help either. Yeah, that was always one like even in my heyday of my most enthusiastic reading could not get past Wonder Man. Yeah. There was just nothing there. I do think I have issue one, though. I did. I got <laughs> rid of that thing. That's one of the few that I haven't felt compelled to rebuy. And finally, they get the drop on the bad guys. Kind of anticlimactic. I wonder about that from a Frank Miller storytelling standpoint. The, the last page has no storytelling. We'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get there. But I wonder if that's him, you know, like if he's working Marvel style from a plot, if that's, uh, if that's where to lay your kind of lay your your credit or your blame so right. to speak yeah want to make note of this this is your call out on the bullpen bulletins page of daredevil 158 this is going to be frank miller's first daredevil i mean who knew what was to come right whenever they're plugging this but they did know enough to at least highlight it call it out i don't know if they even you know he's in the credits but it it's not just built around like hey hot shot new guy frank miller you know it's it's much more about the issue and, and the whole creative team so I just think it's noteworthy to see it here, knowing comics history like we do. Absolutely. Like, what a big issue. I would always see, like, the mile-high ads that would have, like, just list of comics real small and the prices, and 158 Daredevil was always, like, 20 bucks. Well, mm -hmm. you know, like, most of them were, like, a dollar or two. Right. And like, there's your final page. Where it just is so crammed and, and, and uh, in terms of storytelling, sucks. It, it sucks real bad because it's, like, Wonder Man is back here somewhere. Uh, and then... Where is it? Hey, you look awful. Some of us are tired. So they call him... Acknowledge him as 1D. <laughs> right? And then it just, like, cut. And then he's bringing in the pie and everybody's sleeping. So, like, we, we miss... The characters getting from, like, the roof indoors. It's just... It's a it's a very uh, clear kind of jump cut. And it's kind of Wonder Man's big moment. He outlasts all the heroes. <laughs> it's such a weak character. Wonder if that if that was like somebody's darling. If that was like a shooter favorite or some somebody loved this character that he gets the push he gets. <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> but I like that city shot. But I'm sure there's somebody in the comments who uh, whose favorite character is Wonder Man. Very let's funny. He, let's hear it. Very funny. But uh, Frank Miller, you know, again, very early pre Daredevil. Frank Miller. So not a lot of those floating around and uh, cool to see that this pretty much is the move before Daredevil 158 and well we all know that history. I always like like this Beast logo transcends the, like this comic or any like these logos were created for these characters and uh, when you watch the 90s animated series and they have like the names of the various characters show up like that's the Beast logo you know that's from that uh adventures into fear or or whatever like the one where where beast turns into the 
the blue beast. Yes. Uh, that's the logo that's associated, and that's just carried carried on, you know, for 30 years. These ones, you know, even the Wonder Man logo is underwhelming. <laughs> you could hit that with an Ames guide in 10 minutes. I like the Nick Fury one. Very dated. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's very 70s, but that that one, like, that stands the test of time, that Beast logo. Anyway, good to go? Yes. Hey, favors, like, follow, subscribe to the YouTube channel, hit the bell, we'll notify you when new vids are available. Jimmy, what's out there? Hulk Grand Design Monster and Hulk Grand Design Madness are in stores right now. It is the 60-year history of the Incredible Hulk, told as one big, giant, epic story. I'm writing, drawing, coloring, giving it the Grand Design treatment. Also, join me on patreon.com slash jimrug, where you can see more of my comic art process and download some of my out-of-print zines and mini-comics. Thank you for that. Red Room Trigger Warnings Issue 1 through 4 are on the sands as we speak. Uh, Red Room, the anti-social network containing uh, the first season of Red Room Comics is on the stands. Uh, Murder on the Dark Web for Fun and Profit is the name of the game. In the Red Room universe, every issue completely self-contained, so if you see an issue, scoop it up, give it a shot. If you dig it, sample, sample another. Uh, you could read these comics uh, at my Patreon, uh, at the link tree in the description below this video. And if the comic is banned in your comic shop, you can order and pre-order those comics at the link tree in the description below this video. Also, once again, I want to ca call attention to Cartoonist Kayfabe Comic Book Christmas in July, which is going to be the last Saturday of July 2022. Uh, we are taking our doubles. We are taking our comp copies that we've been sent from publishers. And we are stuffing those free little lending libraries uh, in our neighborhoods and and uh, nearby uh, with our comps and doubles in the hopes of putting them into the hands of somebody who will become a comic book reader uh, in the future. Doing everything we can to generate more readership. What else do we have out there, Jimmy? Subscribe to the Cartoonist Kayfabe newsletter at the links below this video. You can also find Cartoonist Kayfabe t-shirts and merchandise at the links below this video. That's another great way to support the Cartoonist Kayfabe channel. Give them those marching orders, Jim. We'll be on our way. Read more comics.